Hi, this is Kalia. And this is Chris. And this is It's, it's a, a Queer Thing. On this show, we focus on politics, civil rights, news, and entertainment. And on this show, we have special guests and interviews focusing on issues relevant to the LGBTQ plus community. So let's get to it. Hey, Chris. Hey, Kalia. Knock, knock. Who's there? Wah. Wah? Wah. Wahoo. Wahoo. It's Bioawareness Week, baby. Oh, <laughs> I saw that today and I knew you were going to go there. So Kaylee is bi and she's aware. I so am aware. she should be the float for this week, shouldn't you? I should be floating everywhere. You should. Tell us about Bi Week. Bioawareness Week, September 16th through the 23rd. Um, did you know that bi people make up nearly three-fifths of LGBTQ Americans? Oh, shut up. Yep. 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 Really? Yep. yep. Okay. And related, one-fifth of Generation Z respondents identified as queer. There's, uh, queer. Okay. Not bi, but queer. Queer. Which is, okay. Yeah. That's yep. cool. Um, Two-thirds of young queer adults polled consider themselves bisexual, meaning that they are attracted to more than one gender. Most of them are women who outnumber bisexual men three to one. And are afraid to touch other dicks a lot of times. Yeah, society allows women more latitude than men, you know. Okay. Um, Around 7% of American adult respondents overall identified as queer in 2022, according to Gallup. And of that group, that 7%, 58% identified as bisexual. Wow. Don't you feel that women are kind of groomed from birth to be bisexual? Not to be bisexual, but to be in that world where you can be touchy-feely with another girl and hold hands and dance together and all that stuff that boys are not allowed to do. I think there's a couple things. One, yes, I think that there, okay, so there's two things, more than two probably, but these are the two that come to mind. First of all- I can only have two, it's bisexual. (laughs) No, that's not what bi means anymore, and you know. Uh, Uh, Okay, so there's the idea that our society being very patriarchal is full of male gaze, right? When we look at magazines, when we look at TV commercials, when we look at media portrayals of what the standard of beauty is, and of course things are changing, but it is very much from a male gaze of what is a beautiful woman, right? Like the, okay. So I think that from a young age, girls are socialized to think of women as beautiful and sexy in a way that we're not socialized to think of men as beautiful and sexy. So I think that there's that. And then I also think that in terms of the hierarchical structure of power dynamics, the the group that is more disenfranchised is going to be given certain latitude. So they're not in power, but that creates a sense of community. So little girls, women, BIPOC people, Mm. they tend to have a sense of more of community because they know know, instinctively that they're at the bottom of the pecking order, which leads them to, you know, form bonds of sisterhood. And then society allows girls to, like you said, hold hands, play together, dance together and do these things because they're not going to have real power. And it's, it's not a threat. They're not trying to take over. They're just staying in their place altogether. I've never thought of it that way, but that makes complete sense. Yeah coming from queen bisexual over here that makes <laughs> no that does it makes perfect sense because men are in power in the world and they don't have to think beyond anything because they're in power 
and they are the ones in control. This is the thing about power and control, and you see this with billionaires and all kinds of people. They don't tend to think outside the box because they don't fucking have to. Exactly. Well, and also, you know, a woman who who a pretty woman who likes another pretty woman is not a threat to your masculinity and it's not a threat to the power structure. Now, a butch woman who can take care of your girlfriend way better than you can is definitely a threat, but she's also not getting straight passing privilege. Do you know I what love I mean? That she could take care of your girlfriend better than you can. That's absolutely true. I I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I, I, and I don't think it's always what a lot of people say that butch women, the reason men are threatened by butch women is because they're trying to be men. I don't think that. I agree with you. It's because they can connect to those women that they're trying to connect to much better than they can. And the gay men is a threat to the patriarchy because inherently our society has taught men that there has to be the man, there ha- the alpha, right? There has to be a right. hierarchical system of somebody on top and somebody doing the grunt work. There has to be the husband and the wife. Like we jo- even in my friends, I have a friend, Melanie, who was on our show. You know, she's very busy and she does all these things and she needed her washing machine fixed at one point. She needed to like take time off of work to sit at home and wait for the repairman. I was like, dang, you just need a wife because that's what the wife does, right? <laughs> she's the one yeah. who's supposed to take off time from work and hang out at home. But so, I love yeah. how you just said, instead of you said one, someone has to be on top and someone has to be, what did you say? I didn't. I say on bottom. Didn't no, I? No, you didn't, and that's oh. what I wanted you to say. <laughs> I'm like, say bottom, Kalia. Someone has to be on top, and someone has to be on bottom. But, but there's a structure, right? And that structure makes sense in society, and it makes sense to the patriarchal system. And so right. it it's it's weird for people to think, well, if there's two men, that doesn't make sense because one of them obviously has to be in charge, and the one who's not in charge can't is not a man anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It, Gay marriage is a huge threat to the patriarchal system. Um, Yeah, and I still get this question, and I think we've talked about this, James, and I still get this question after being married for, well, together for 27 years. Who's the man and who's the woman? Who does the house cleaning? Who cleans the gutters? I mean, it's ridiculous. Part of that is misogynistic because Mm -hmm. you don't think women can clean gutters and women can uh, build a patio or women can do anything that men are traditionally thought Mm -hmm. of as doing. And the other part is... They can't imagine that there is any room in a male-male relationship for you to do um, one set of work. Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. It's crazy. We get that question sometimes, too. Not nearly as often, obviously, because we are a straight passing couple. But I love telling people that my husband does way more housework than I do. (laughs) Oh, let me just tell you, James loves to clean and I hate it. So I guess that would make him the bottom because <laughs> he loves to do the the work around the house and I hate it. And I do the yard work and I do, you know, touch ups, handyman work around the house. So mm-hmm. I, I guess that makes me the man and him the woman. I don't when know if we, he knows this. When we moved in together, one of us had a toolbox. You mean a literal toolbox? Yes, or I just, mean like a box oh, with tools in not it. Not a sex toy no, toolbox. No, no, but, like a hammer okay. and nails and, and screwdrivers. Oh, yeah, I know and, that. It was not him. He's not the one who had the toolbox. Really? No, because nope. And it he was works not on, him. He does woodworking. And- now he does woodworking, but he didn't when oh, we first got he together. Liked the I was that's the. That's why he did. He did. Yeah, Good there you go. You. Gateway drug. I mean, I'm the one who watches sports. Gateway you know, drug. I'm the one who plays sports, <laughs> watches sports. You're exactly. the one that watches and sports. Kind of sports yeah, do you watch? I watch. I watch hockey. And I watch soccer and I actually watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, that's not a sports. That's an I, it's a sport. Thing. It's as much sport as we have. And he doesn't watch any of it. He doesn't even watch my games when I go play kickball. Oh, <laughs> boo hoo, little bisexual. I, uh, 
That's You're okay. Right. I got plenty of friends. Right. I, got pl- I am not a sports person at all, but James is a big college football sports fan. Ohio State. Go Ohio. He's from Ohio and he loves Ohio State. He doesn't watch professional football. He only watches college football and particularly Ohio State. So we are now, I think we were, by the time this airs, we'll be three games into the Ohio State season. And I have decided, I decided a while back, okay. I'm the one in the kitchen making the muffins and the cakes and all that, but I need to participate in this. So I sat down with them and I watched the games and I learned um, how football is played and I learned the rules and uh, I'm still learning, but we watch it together. Now, the one thing I do like to do, and you guys can look forward to this in the near future, is I like to post on social media the comments that the narrators, I mean, the um, the uh, commentators, uh, whoever those guys are with the microphones. The Greek chorus. Yeah. Yes. They, the <laughs> things they say during the game that are extremely, extremely homoerotic. Yes. Um, and so you will see me posting that coming up if you a want. A lot of tight ends and Oh, a lot of tight and... ends and dark holes and all this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting it into the end zone. Moving yeah. through the hole to the to the oh goal line. Yeah, there's. I mean, it doesn't stop. And it happens every week. <laughs> Just stay tuned. I will be posting that. Very exciting. It's one of the best parts of football season for those of us who aren't. It is. What's interesting is that we'll sit there and be watching the game and I'll, I'll be reading up like last week I was reading a book while the game was playing and James is watching the game and I'm, all I'm doing is reading a book and suddenly I go, Oh, did you hear that? And he's like, what? You didn't just hear that he was going to go in and fill in the hole. You didn't hear that. (laughs) You hear it or you don't, but I will share it with you guys. Indeed. Well, okay. So by awareness week, obviously I'm very proud to be by being by is great, but our community is not just for bi people. As you know, there are gay people, I suppose, and lesbians as well, too. It's a whole, it's a whole queer community, Chris. And it's not just here in Fresno. There are queer and bi people in Visalia. Did you know this? Oh, there are. Yeah. There which are. is a shock to some of us that have lived here all the time. <laughs> and for some of us who don't really didn't know until this interview, uh, didn't really know where Visalia was. Everything south of Fresno to me just feels like south of Fresno. There's there's Visalia. Like, there's... Don't go there, right? It's well, south. Yeah. There, there's <laughs> Visalia. There's Hamford. There's Kingsford. Bakersfield. Uh, yeah. Bakersfield is further down. I don't know. I don't know where any of these things are. But now I know that in Visalia, and thanks to Nick Vargas, who is our our interview that we're about to jump into, who runs the the source LGBT Community Center, and they put on Pride Visalia, and uh, he's here to talk to us all about this exciting Pride Visalia, whose event is not in June, it is in October. So we didn't miss it. And you guys looking at your radio and trying to figure out why we're talking about Pride in the end of September, it's because Pride is year round, baby. And in Visalia, they do Pride in October. So And let me tell you, nobody's looking at their radio. They're looking at their <laughs> podcast. That's true. Their phone. <laughs> That's yes. We do both. We do radio and we do podcasts. Yes, but here we can fucking curse. So you know we can. So Yay. fuck this shit. Let's go. <laughs> Let's listen to Nick talk about Pride Visilia. All right. I'm Nick Vargas. I use he him pronouns. I am one of the co-founders of the Source LGBT Plus Center and currently the Director of Development and Strategy and Acting Executive Director. Ah, a man with many hats. And that is in Visalia, correct? Yes, Visalia, California. So we are the LGBT Center for Tulare and Kings Counties. We do a little bit of work in Fresno County and Kern County too. Wonderful. 
So we're going to focus on Visalia Pride tonight, but just tell us how long the Visalia, the source has been around. So the source was founded in early 2016. So that brings us to seven years. Oh, wow. That's longer than I thought. I thought I was guessing four earlier, but I'm way behind. It's yeah. We'll turn eight next May. Congratulations. So how long has Visalia Pride been around? We had our first one in 2017, June 24th, 2017. That's what I thought, a year after the, after the center opened. Okay, so tell us about what to expect this year, and then let's talk about the evolution of where it's come from and where it's going. Sure, so, and we call it Pride Visalia. Visalia Pride, there's another group who already took that for the URL, so to distinguish it, we, we say Pride Visalia, but... I know what you're talking about, and most people will call it Visalia Pride. But we, in the six years we've been doing a Pride, we have grown the event year after year. Each year we build upon it, whereas last year we added a huge main stage where our entertainment is, our speakers, our grand marshals. And this year we're going to bring back that stage and we're bringing back even more entertainment. One of our lead acts this year is going to be a queer mariachi band from L.A. Oh, cool. And so we thought, you know, given where we're at, half of the people we serve are from a Hispanic background. We thought, what better entertainment to have than a queer mariachi band? It's called Mariachi Arco Iris, which uh, Arco Iris is a rainbow. Oh, cool. That's nice. So we're really excited about having them there. We're also going to do six drag acts during that day. The Queens of the South Valley. People love a drag show, and especially in today's political climate, cultural climate, highlighting drag and supporting drag artists is really important to us. Okay, so we know we're in California and we're safe from all this crazy drag legislation that's going on across the country, but your event is just as family-friendly as any other Pride event that I know of. Have you gotten anybody confronting you about drag queens in front of kids? In the second year of Pride by Celia, we had a letter to the editor where somebody wrote in and tried to compare drag queens to strippers because people tip. And we're saying that, you know, there's kids there doing the tipping. We're putting on, ergo, we're putting on a strip show for kids further you know nothing's further from the truth and that article actually helped bring more people to pride that year because there was subsequent article people were talking about it and so you know that type of attention ironically can help us you know because sometimes people we're still fairly new and the event's still growing so sometimes people haven't heard of pride or they don't know what it's about and that's the only thing i remember about anybody and since then Nobody said anything about kids and drag queens. Cool. How many people tend to come to your Pride events? About 2,500 to 3,000 attendees. And do you have a parade or is it just a festival? It is just the festival. Yeah. A a parade would add another level of complexity (laughs) to it. A big level of complexity. A big big level. level. Yeah. Yeah. And street closures and, you know, also that... If we were to like say close off Main Street, one, I'm not sure how many people would participate around here because you know uh, Fresno Pride 
is so close and a lot of people do their parade that we do it too in Fresno Pride. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, that would open us up possibly to those people who have a problem with us being here. Yeah. No, I mean, and they might take away my gay card here, but like, I, I, parades are fine. I would rather go to a festival any day of the week than, than sit on the side and watch a parade, but that's just me. So huzzah the for the parading fun when you're doing it. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> right, fun to be right. in Fresno pride and be waving yes. and banner, but the festival is my favorite part too. I love the, the booths, the food, just seeing the people, the entertainment. Yeah. And parades aren't always fun when you're in it. I've yes, Kaylee and I have been in several saying. of them. Sometimes it's hot okay. as hell, and sometimes you know, you it's long. Be, yeah, yes. it's very long. That is true. So you talked about we talked about the drag uh, stuff that's going on across the country and how it's not a big deal in Visalia, but you guys have had a center there. What about the climate in Visalia in general? Is there pushback against? You guys having a center there, you guys having Pride Visalia, you guys being there at all. Is there pushback letters in the paper, people speaking out, et cetera? Not recently. Again, when we first were having Pride, there were people who were concerned about it, and they wrote letters to the editor. More recently, we haven't had that type of exposure in the media. But what we did hear that was a little disconcerting was there was a a local minister going and being the guest speaker at churches who the core of their sermon was that the the source was Goliath and they were the Davids. And so for those who aren't familiar with that story from the Bible, you know, David slays the giant Goliath. And she puts, you know, a picture she took off our website of some of our staff in front of the source and is basically saying that this is something that good Christians need to be against and help bring down. That we found out because somebody who attends one of those churches reached out to us and said, hey, you know, you should probably know about this, which we're, we're going to be did. And this was spoken within the church, but it wasn't necessarily public? No, exactly. It was spoken within the church, not public. So that is the only uh, backlash. But, you know, I will say that even though we're here in California, some of the legislation and the rhetoric that's occurring in the other states does impact us because, one, our youth and our people who are more vulnerable hear it. And, it, you know, it impacts how they feel, you know, about their safety as queer people, especially trans people in the area. And then, two, it also emboldens those people who feel, who have anti-LGBTQ leanings, it emboldens them to do something. So a couple months ago, we had somebody walk onto our campus saying some, you know, some hateful remarks. We escorted them off, asked them not to come back. They complied. You know, the, the next day, somebody had tried to damage our mailbox what they were saying led us to believe that they were hearing some of this rhetoric, some of, you know, that drag queens are pedophiles and, you know, queer people, especially gay men are groomers. And so in that way, it does impact us. You know, I'm grateful that there hasn't been anything in the traditional media. Some people will post stuff on, inevitably, we're going to, you know, talk about Pride Online. And there's going to be somebody who, like, quotes a Bible passage you know, says Sodom and Gomorrah is coming to Visalia. Uh, it's quite often religious based that we see. And so, but they'll be, and we just delete those and move on. But 
On the whole, Vicelli has been very welcoming to us. We didn't know what to expect when we started the source. We didn't know what to expect when we had our first pride. But on the whole, it's been it's been very welcoming. Very cool. cool. We talked about how many people come to to Pride Visalia. What about how many people exhibit or booths? Can you tell us a little bit about the booths and the entertainment and and the food options? You met. I saw something online about the food. So can you tell us? Yeah, that? I'd say there's probably sixty to seventy booths that include our sponsors. So, and I need to give a big shout out to Walmart for being our presenting sponsor. Wal- our regional Walmart. Stores are teaming up to be the presenting sponsor of Pride Visalia. Thank you, Walmart. And between our sponsors, our vendors, art vendors, uh, we have about 60 to 70 booths out there. We also have organizations. For example, our local PFLAG chapter will have a booth. Pride Lions will will have a booth. Some uh, affirming churches will have booths. So they'll be there as well as our nonprofit partners. The ACLU always shows up. Planned Parenthood will be there as well. And then the way that it's arranged. So we have it in the local baseball stadium, which is great because it's enclosed. It's not, but it's huge. And we line the the booths around the outer field. And then we also have different sections with them. And we have a separate area of the ballpark uh, for our youth, we call it the the youth zone, and that's actually organized by our youth and our youth staff members for our youth. So that will also be there, and they have some games. I want to say maybe they had a bounce house last year, but they come up with some theme and and they run with that. One of my favorite parts is the food. So we're going to have eight to ten food options, and within that number, we also have drink options and desserts. Some of the vendors who come back year after year are Kariplava, which is a Jamaican food company. It's delicious. If you love jerk chicken as much as I do, try it. We also will have a pizza place, a quesadilla place, quesadilla gorilla will be there. We'll have a couple of vegetarian and vegan options as well and some desserts. You know, I always want to try everything, but you know, it's a busy day for me. The one thing that I want to go to, which is usually Kariplava, and then I try and hit a dessert place if I can. The food is one of my favorite parts because that's when I get a break and I get to eat and talk a little bit. And I see that Bud Light is one of your sponsors, which I think is really yes. important because of what Bud Light's going through right now. Dave, you got a, anything to say about the controversy with Dylan Mulvaney and all that? We're really grateful to Bueno Beverages. They're one of our premier sponsors and of course, uh, Bud Light is sold, and we're happy to have their support and happy to support them. Yeah, I. the controversy, it, it seems that people will find anything to be angry about these days or to, you know, pour their beer out that they've already purchased. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You know what got me about the Dylan Mulvaney thing was. You know, all these people online are saying it's about don't shove politics into my beer. Don't mix politics with my beer. And I'm like, the only thing this Dylan Mulvaney thing is about is about prejudice and bigotry because it's a trans person on one can of beer that never got sold in the stores. And you're upset about it, not because there's politics, because there are politics in everything. It's you're pissed because it's a trans person and you're a bigot and you're prejudiced. And that's what it's about. 
Yeah. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And we, we're still going to be serving Bud Light. People <laughs> are still going to be enjoying it. And, you know, I don't drink alcohol, but I know many people who love a Bud Light and we're happy for the support. And that type of support's meaningful, especially for a smaller org and a smaller prime like ours. Right. So will people need to have cash or will card be accepted at all the vendors and the booths and, and the food trucks? Cards are widely accepted. Wonderful. A person can come with a credit card and do everything they want to do. Okay. And what about cost to get in? The cost is $10 at the door or online. Children, adults, senior, everybody, just 10 flat. Youth, 12 and under, get in free. Okay. And we also provide, there's always uh, a reserve of tickets for people where $10 is just too much. You know, there's been times in my life where 10 bucks was a lot. So we want to make sure that, you know, most people can support us and pay the 10 bucks and help offset the cost of the event. But if they, they can't, particularly around our youth, you know, our youth in between 12 and, you know, 22, sometimes coming up with 10 bucks, there's a way for them to get it. So, but $10 is what people can pay. Uh, people can purchase uh, tickets at the door or on Eventbrite. Volunteers can get in. That's another way to get in. You work a couple hours and then you get to enjoy the event. If people are interested in being vendors or having booths or whatever, is that an option? How do they get around that? Yes, we would love some more vendors. We have room for about 15 to 20 more. And so we would love to have the whole place packed with with vendors and you know whether they're selling something whether it's an organization people can go to pridevicelia.org and sign up there if anybody's remotely interested in being a part of pride as a vendor even like uh, a community sponsor just go to pridevicelia.org you can even google since you're probably listening google the source lgbt or the source Visalia, and call us. Call us, talk to me or Noah Deeds, and we would love to tell you more and how to be a part of it. So just real quick then, just the bullet points, date, time, location, go. Pride Visalia, October 14th, which is going to be a Saturday, at Valley Strong Stadium in Visalia. That's 300 North Gidding Street, uh, very close to downtown, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. All right, Nick, and I want to help you with the very cool baseball cap you have on, which I believe says Pride, yeah, Pride Visalia 2021. Is that, is there a new cap for this year? There is. It's going to be, it's going to say Pride Visalia, and it's going to just be the Pride Visalia logo. Because what we found is I was still selling these last year in 2022, and I had a few left over in 2023 that people were sort of, ah, it's, you know. (laughs) So we're, but at the same style. And it's going to come in another color. So this one's gray. We're also going to have a black one with a a white logo and the rainbow that's really going to pop again. And what people should know is that all the money, and if you you either get a cap or you go to Pride Visalia and you just get a ticket, or you can just donate if, if you can't make it. All this money goes toward the nonprofit that runs the source in Visalia, correct? That is correct. And all of that money... It's one of our biggest fundraisers of the year. So we fund our mission through about a third of grants, about a third of program-related services, like our 340B program, our pharmacy for people living with HIV. 
and then a third from fundraisers and donations like Pride Visalia. And Pride Visalia is our largest fundraiser of the year, and we sell merch, we sell tickets. The bar also will come to the source. Uh, people can donate too. So there, there's lots of ways to support us. We are the only queer-led organization in Larry County who is doing the work that we're doing. And if it wasn't for the source, we wouldn't have programs for our youth, our trans folks, people living with HIV, and you know the general community. We wouldn't have the infrastructure to put on a pride event where people really need it. You know, there's still we have a pretty large queer community here in Tulare Kings Counties. And for those who don't know, Tulare County is very conservative, so it's a tough, yes. tough place to be to be uh, for civil rights and equal rights for LGBTQ plus people. Kaylee and I used to run a community center here in Fresno. I remember when Brian talked about opening this center in Visalia and we were so excited that we would have a place in Visalia finally. And now we still have a, we don't run the center anymore, but there are two centers here in Fresno. And um, so it's a, coming across the Central Valley and that's super important. And we want you to come back, maybe you and Brian come back in the future and talk to us because I know you guys have expanded the center. And you're doing yes. a lot of great things there. And we'll talk about that in the future. Yeah, no, we, we'd love to be back. But the the source, when we started, we didn't know how long we would last or if we'd be run out of town. But because it is such a conservative area, because there's such a need and there was nobody else doing it, we've been able to grow and seek support. And not just from our local community, but people who grew up in the area and moved away have been, become some of our biggest supporters. People who moved to the city to get out, but now they want to support the community. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, they, they had to. When I was, you know, growing up here, I I felt I had to get away too, and I did. I, I came back, and I'm glad I did. But there's many people who see what we're doing and want to be able to support it because they wish they had something like the source when they were younger, when they lived here. Right. For sure. Okay, Drop all your socials for us. Tell us where you're at. Your Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, all the things. Sure. So our website is thesourcelgbt.org. Mm -hmm. And you'll find all our information there. If you want to follow us on social, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, threads, there's one more. But it's all. <laughs> yeah, it's getting to be too many. <laughs> yeah, it's all. At the source LGBT, we're mostly active on Facebook and Instagram. Wonderful. And then it is, um, I want to make sure I said right, pridevisalia.org is the website for yeah. this particular event. For, so. And on there, you can learn how to buy tickets, volunteer, sign up as a vendor, you know. And we, we love to have people from all people from Fresno, come Bakersfield. We even have people come from LA and San Francisco and the coast. Okay, so I am not from Fresno. I've only been here for, I guess it's 12 years now, which whatever. Anyways, how far away is Visalia from Fresno? It's about, depending on how fast you drive. <laughs> okay. So I, I, was... I can do it in 38 minutes if I have to. <laughs> you should probably allow about 50 minutes. Okay. Yeah. It's right. about 45, 50 minutes, yeah. Okay, wonderful. So definitely worth a day drive. Get up, grab our Starbucks, grab a bagel, hit the road, do the whole festival and still be home in time. So here's a question, because in, in Fresno, 
there's the festival and then there's all the after parties at the bars. Is there a gay bar scene in Visalia? Are there going to be after parties or are people going to need to um, drive up here for the after parties? Last year, we did have a couple of bars unaffiliated with the event itself, but have kind of an after party. If they do that again, and I don't see why they wouldn't, then yes, there will be a couple of bars. Now, we don't have any gay bars like Splash, but these are bars that have gay nights, if you will. Right, right. Okay. So, But I would plan most of the activity is going to be at the festival, and there's going to be music, too, so people can dance, see the drag show, see the queer mariachi band, and have food, and, you know, support the community. And it's it's a big day. Like, after, you know, 11, yeah. if you leave by 4, you've had a, a big day, and <laughs> don't feel like partying. There are probably going to be some places to do it in Visalia, or head back up to Fresno, where there's, you know, inevitably something's going on. Thank you so much, Nick. It was great to talk to you and we've got all your socials and we'll make sure that we put those in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you both. This has been great. Thanks, Nick. Take care. So thank you, Nick, for that great interview. And you guys, if you've been around Fresno in the Central Valley for a while now, you know that Visalia didn't used to have anything. In fact, most around most cities around uh, Fresno did not have a lot of anything but the Visalia has been going for a long long time now and they are doing this pride event which is spectacular and vivid and and uh, uh, participated in and a lot of people go to this um, so we encourage you to uh, support Visalia Pride and support the source who is doing amazing things in Visalia they went from this little tiny space that they had and now they have a big space where they do mental health counseling and all kinds of other supportive events, supportive groups for the LGBTQ plus community. So they're making a real difference in the South Valley. So uh, support them. Yeah, it's it's very, very cool. The stuff that they've got going on down there. And unfortunately, we will be missing Pride Visalia because it is October 14th. And that's a Saturday in October, which means kickball. That's right. Kickball. Tiana, that one's for you. Kickball. (laughs) Tiana, we just said kickball four times. So that better be four shots. I hope you're not driving. That's that's no, be home. If you're, if you're driving, don't do the shots. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways. But they also have drag bingo in 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 Visalia. So and then they're going to also have a TDOR event in November, which will be after kickball ends. So we might we might actually go to that one. But yes, yeah, so the the source in Visalia is doing a lot of really cool things. And so we is, might go uh, to that event because it's after kickball. Kickball. <laughs> Yana, you must be on the floor by now, girl. <laughs> Jesus Christ. For those of you who missed the beginning of this home game, um, somebody, one of our lovely listeners, we told her that she should take a shot every time we say kickball on the on the game. And Kaylee the- just said kickball and I just said kickball. So that's about 12 in the last minute. Yeah, so exactly. Somebody get her a doctor right now <laughs> because she's going to need it. Okay. So, hey, Chris. Hey, Kaylee. Knock, knock. Who's there? Lettuce. Let us who? Let us transition to another event on October 14th. Where's my angry goat button? I don't have one here. Okay. (laughs) Also on October 14th, besides kickball and Pride Visalia, there's another event. This is here in Fresno at Woodward Park. That's right. It's the 12th annual AIDS Walk. And we were able to talk to Carleen about AIDS Walk. So let's jump into that real fast and have Carleen tell us the who, what, when, where, how, and why. Here we go. 
All right. Well, we are here with Carlene from Westcare Fresno. Carlene, tell us about who you are and what you do. So my name is Carlene Mendez, and I am the program director for the living room of Westcare. I've been with Westcare. It will be six years in December. I started as a transitional counselor for the behavioral education and treatment, HIV AIDS. And I've been with the living room for almost two years now. So we have a big event coming up that's been happening. This is the 12th year for the AIDS walk? Correct. Okay. So tell us what the AIDS walk is and what it benefits. The Fresno AIDS walk is our biggest fundraiser of the year. And we use it to honor, honor those who have passed from HIV or AIDS. We use it to promote awareness, education, and it benefits the services that we provide at the living room. Wonderful. So is this the kind of thing where people get sponsored or do people pay to participate? How does it work? There are a few different options as far as as participation goes. We have a free option for people who just want to participate as community members. You can walk, run. There are sponsorship options. So there are multiple ways to get involved. There are volunteer application. All of these things can be found on the FresnoAidsWalk.org. And how far is it? You said running and walking, and I instantly need to know how much running and walking is involved. It's a 5K. Okay. And we've done it before. And if I can do it, Kalia has a hurt knee right now. So, but you can definitely just walk it. You don't have to run it. So an interesting thing I saw on the Facebook page is about if somebody wants to honor or remember somebody who's been lost, they can submit the names to be read aloud. Tell me how that works. Yeah, we provided that posting via social media and you just click that and you're able to include somebody's name that you would like to be read. We do the reading of the names every year at at the AIDS walk and that name will be added to the list and their name will be read also. So the person who submits it doesn't read it personally. It's it's submitted to whoever is doing the reading for you at the event, right? Correct. And we do take community volunteers. Like if if somebody is interested in reading names, please feel free to reach out to myself at the at the living room or any of the other staff. That's an opportunity for the community to be involved. Now, when we did this before, I seem to remember that there were tables, there were like vendors and and tabling and kind of like almost a mini resource fair. Is that kind of typical? Is that happening again this year? Is there going to be food and drink or is it more information and community networking? It's more information and community networking. We don't we don't plan on having food vendors there this year, but there will be a ton of community-based organizations. There will be folks out there also that, you know, sell, will, will be selling their goods as well. Okay. And the event starts at eight o'clock. You can do same day registration. Nine o'clock is a welcome and kind of what you guys do ahead of the event. And then 10 o'clock is the walk. Is that right? Correct. And what, and what is the date? October 14th. October 14th. Okay. Great. Yeah. At Woodward Park, Parkview Shelter, you won't be able to miss it. Drive in right-hand side. We've done it there. Same venue for the last few years. Parking is uh, right there. You you come inside and you follow the, we'll have signs out there and you won't be able to miss it. So how many people typically show up to do the walking? To do the walk run portion between, gosh, I would say between 50 and 100 people. And we usually have about 200 to 250 people out there. At the actual event, yeah. 
Okay. So tell us a little bit about this, the state of HIV in Fresno and Fresno County. And because it's been going on for so long, is it hard to bring about interest in this? Because people maybe at this point in time think, oh, it's not even a big deal anymore. People just take a pill for HIV and AIDS. Absolutely. And I can't give you exact data, but I can tell you that the most recent data, and if you look specifically for cases in Fresno, it has grown it, it continues to increase, increase every year. And people have lost interest. They don't understand like, well, HIV doesn't kill anymore. You know, you, and with, these things are all true. HIV, you can live a long, healthy life. But, and specifically for the living room, we address the social side of HIV because stigma kills, isolation kills, uh, misinformation kills mental health kills, you know, and so we're addressing all of those other pieces that people don't understand, like there's still all of these other intersecting factors that people with HIV continue to to deal with, and they need the social support for. Yeah, I think that because I lived through the height of the AIDS crisis, and I lost my second husband to AIDS, so I've, I've experienced a lot of it, and it was so intense and so tragic and so warlike. I think that because of that and what it, AIDS has morphed into because of medications and treatment, people don't look at it as anything important. I think sometimes people think, oh, diabetes is, is more important than this. And it's not a, a, a decision about this disease is more important than the other. But you're exactly right. The same way that we are facing stigmas right now with the LGBTQ plus community, particularly in schools and transgender kids, the, tr the stress of the mental health of these people is just as important as it used to be with the actual physical health. Absolutely. And, you know, th the data shows that people with HIV, they disproportionately represent, you know, for intimate partner violence. It, it's just all of these different social issues that people who are living with HIV disproportionately represent. Mm. It, it just speaks to the effect that corresponds with people who are living with HIV and AIDS have. And I think, I think stigma is huge. And I think events like this help to alleviate the stigma that people can come out and commune with each other and talk to each other and hear about people that have passed and understand that it's just a disease like any other disease. Mm -hmm. And and it's just as important for people to have a place to belong, a, a safe space, a place to find support, a place to access resources. Those things are extremely significant. I don't think that the community in general embraces that fact for people living with HIV or AIDS. There are a ton of social issues that, that require resources and support. Not to mention the side effects of the, because if you have HIV, uh, you're going to be on some kind of medication and there are side effects to all those medications, just like there are to all medications. So that's important too. How can people get involved? You gave us a website. Is there other social media handles that we need to share? Absolutely. Follow us on Facebook at The Living Room Fresno and find us on Instagram as well. At Living Room Fresno or? Yes. Okay. Okay. And Fresno AIDS Walk. Okay. And FresnoAIDSWalk.org is the website mm -hmm. where you can register. And there's Facebook pages as well. Yes. For Fresno AIDS Walk. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. 
okay, well, I will be playing kickball and therefore unable to attend, <laughs> but I wish you all the best. And if you ever have this uh, later in the day or earlier in the morning, uh, but actually that's a question that I've always wondered, why October? Because this it, it typically happens in October, but World AIDS Day is December 1st. I guess October is coming out month and, and, and LGBT history. So like, is that what, when, why it's in October? Do you know? You know, we were actually just recently having this discussion and it's just one of those things that, because that's when it's been done. I guess the weather's pretty nice though in October here in Fresno, because it's not probably going to be rainy and it's not going to be really yeah, hot. It's not so hot. Maybe yeah. that's the, yeah. the thought, but Hey, maybe in the spring, um, between kickball seasons, I'm just saying, because then, then everything's Carly everything and everything's is. about kickball with Kaylee and now. So. Oh, I love queer it. kickball for the win. <laughs> Anyways, okay, thank you so much, Carly, and we will make sure to put all those links in the show notes. And happy walking for sure. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Good luck on your event. That was very cool. Thank you so much, Carlene, again, for taking the time to talk to us about AIDS Walk. And you guys, like she said, it's a really cool event. It's pretty fun. Again, won't be there because of kickball, but kickball. But we have done it in the past and it is a lot of fun. And for those of you who uh, were promised that there would be no math, a 5K is basically 3.1 miles. It's and you not- you can walk people. You, you can, can walk. walk. It's a nice walk through the park. It's a big group of people. It's not, this is not a big athletic endeavor for sure. If you want an athletic endeavor, come watch me play kickball. <laughs> uh, yeah, kickball is great. I love yeah. kickball. Yeah. So if you have the time, it's a good family event. There's a lot of things. Kids enjoy it too. When we when we went before, Ella was real little, and I think you ended up carrying her for part of I it. I did. She was yeah. on my shoulders. Yeah. Yep, yep. So good time have by all. And of course, there will be other aids related events as we get closer to World AIDS Day, which is coming up on December 1st, just Put that on your radar, my friends. Hey, speaking of our LGBT community, as some of you know, there was an LGBTQ town hall recently, and it was kind of like a lead in to the upcoming appointment of an LGBTQ liaison for Fresno, who will be appointed by the mayor by the end of this month. So we will definitely be revisiting that in the month of October, but we do have a little bit of an update from that town hall meeting. So Chris, do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so Robin McGee, our friend Robin, sent out an email in the last couple of days that said she wanted to touch base since we are reaching about a month after this LGBTQ town hall, and she wants to do a follow-up. So based on the feedback from the town hall held on August 21st at United Way, she's helping to organize an LGBTQ plus organizational leadership roundtable. The roundtable will hopefully host one to two leads from local organizations who serve the LGBTQ plus population in the Central Valley, and the event will allow for the creation of a community directory, provide a platform for discussing potential community collaboration, and decide next steps for a general town hall. So her hope is that we meet the three biggest requests that flowed from the town hall, which were one, LGBTQ plus organizational collaboration, two, LGBTQ plus town hall with the ability for organizations to share who 
what, where information for the communities that they serve. And finally, number three, a thorough shared LGBTQ plus organizational contact list. We used to have the pink pages in Fresno that was uh, or put together by Community Link. And I think people are missing that. And we want to see if we can put that together again. So and we also learned, according to Robin, that from Council Member Perea's office, Annalisa Perea, that the mayor is working to meet a September 30th deadline for the LGBTQ plus liaison. So if you would like to email your recommendations for the liaison, please reach out to Santaya Rose, the mayor's communications director who oversees the community community affairs department. You can do that by emailing Santaya at Santaya, S-O-N-T-A-Y-A dot Rose, R-O-S-E at Fresno.gov. This is an appointed position, and the mayor will ultimately have the final choice for the position, but I'm sure they are welcome to community input. For sure. And I love the idea of a directory. When we were running the LGBT Community Center in the tower, one of the most common questions that we got asked was, where can I find an LGBT doctor, florist, dentist, church, you know, church, a carpenter, handyman, you know, it doesn't matter, stuff. Everything is a, is about safety and comfort, right? So we're having a handyman come in. <laughs> There's a funny transition. We're having a handyman come in this week, Chris, to install a new toilet. Um, because when oh, okay. <laughs> 16 years together, we're like, you know what? We need a better toilet for this bathroom. So like that was our anniversary present to ourselves. As oh, how sweet and yes. romantic. Did <laughs> you light candles and have a little nice Italian dinner when you well, did? You know, it's going to get installed on Friday so then we can celebrate in style over the weekend. But my point is that that it's somebody coming into our home. Right. And right, we right. are a straight passing couple. But there's rainbow crap everywhere in this house because yeah. of, you know, who I am. And we have in the past had a little bit of pushback or weirdness when contractors come in. And for other families who aren't straight passing, who don't have that privilege, it can be scary to have somebody in your house. So you want to know if your handyman person is at least a friendly person, right? They don't have to be within the community, but if they've been vetted and vouched for by the community, it it adds a level of safety to yeah, it. Yeah, so- and let's be clear about that. They don't have to be in the community. So James and I have been together for 27 years. I've been in this house for 30 years. Recently, last winter, we had our kitchen, or last the end of summer, we had our kitchen completely renovated. And we interviewed people and vetted people. And there were a couple that didn't work out. We don't know why they didn't work out. But my guess is when they came in and saw a sculpture of the statue of David or they saw me and James happily in a picture married or they saw me and James together in the house talking to them about what we wanted done, it wasn't comfortable for them. And we didn't have to really, well, we had to weed a couple of them out, but some of them just weeded themselves out by not returning the calls. Mm -hmm. But we found, as far as I know, everybody that worked on our kitchen were straight. Our plumber is straight. All these people, are the, our electrician is straight, and they all knew com- knew about us and were completely friendly. So they don't have to be in the LGBTQ community, but they have to be friendly. Right. And we've used that same plumber. And I knew that when I talked to him that he was going to be cool with us. And, and, you know, outside of the LGBT thing, I will tell you that as a woman who is the one in charge of all the stuff that happens in this house, who co- talks to the contractors and negotiates the terms of contracts and like does all the household designing. Can I stop you there? You're the bisexual woman that is I, in control indeed. of all in this house. Okay. But- Having knowing that you're going to call a contractor and that they're not going to say to me, oh, well, 
you know, talk it over with your husband or right, was right. your husband home or what does he think? Have you gotten permission for these changes? No, no, no. And nobody got time for that bullshit. So it's important to me that I use somebody who I have vetted, who is not going to treat me weird because I'm a woman in charge and who's not going to treat us weird because we got rainbow stuff and is not going to treat Chris and James weird because they're gay. Plus so, they're coming into your home. They're coming into right. your most uh, important sanctuary and you don't want exactly. them. Yeah. So, you, you so just want to be comfortable. It makes sense. People think about a director and they think, Oh yes. Cause I want a gay doctor because I'm gay, but I think that it, it transcends past that. And it, it kind of is in everything and it, it's just a safety thing. So I'm excited right. about this directory. I'm excited about one place for all the contact information. I'm excited about collaboration. And I will tell you, I think for me, the best part of that town hall meeting that happened in August was at the very end Robin said, okay, you can go around the room. Everybody here has something that they want to promote. You have one thing, one sentence to promote whatever it is that you're doing, your next event or your, your, you know, or your org or whatever. And people just like rapid fire, go, go, go. And it was great. And we lined up a bunch of interviews from that. We were able to connect with the community and network in a way that we just wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So I love the idea of there being kind of like a hub of information. Yeah. I think we should have uh, an LGBTQ meeting every, every quarter that is like a chamber of commerce of the LGBTQ plus community where we get together and we talk about what are you doing? What are you doing? Why is this happening? How can we help this? How can we protest this? How can we support this? I think uh, we're on the path now to starting something like that. And it's a great idea. Yep. Very excited to see what happens. And like I said before, the appointee is is the deadline is the end of this month. So we will see. I'm sure we'll be watching all the social media places. And as soon as somebody's announced, we will definitely do our best to get them on the show so that Absolutely. we can talk to them and then you guys can find out who this person is who's representing you to the mayor. Okay. Can I just say one thing? Yes. I the Lauren Boebert thing was uh -huh. just fucking delicious. I mean, if you haven't seen this, Lauren Boebert, the idiotic congressperson who is anti-LGBT, anti-drag queen, anti-trans, everything, she was caught sitting in the Broadway theater watching Beetlejuice, practically jerking off her boyfriend while he was feeling up her boobs. And she was kicked and vaping and singing and throwing her hands up and waving and she was actually kicked out of the theater and she initially completely den denied it and then guess what there are cameras everywhere lauren mm -hmm. and the video came out showing her doing this and then she did this apology which she then backtracked on oan or fox news or one of those when she, and said oh no um uh that's not what happened and i was distraught because my husband divorced me and blah 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 so when all these republican conservative politicians attack drag queens and transgender people and books and the lgbtq plus community in general and call us pedophiles and groomers look at who they are this is who she is yeah, it's a lot of projection for sure. And and how the story is getting spun on Fox News is that she was enjoying the show and she was loud and singing along and that's why she got removed. They're like completely glossing over the whole handsy, boobed oh, out, you know, <laughs> hand job aspect of this, which is very clear in the video. But of course, they're not going to show it to their constituents and those people are not going to. They're not going to seek it out and look for it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and then they're not going to it sounds ridiculous. It sounds dumb. It sounds, it does. It made, sounds up. made up. Exactly. Yes. It and so then when up. you say the truth to these people and they're like, that sounds ridiculous. You're like, I know. 
and yet <laughs> look it up yes yeah. oh my goodness oh my goodness it's so bad some a little bit of of good news okay so there is this thing with disability in this country where there are limits so you if you are on certain kinds of disability and you're getting money from the government because you're on disability you're only allowed to have less than two thousand dollars in your bank account ever oh really if you get more than that they cut off your benefits okay Oh my god. Because obviously you won't need it if you have more than two grand, right? It's it's really fucked up. Also, there's a there's so kind of as part of that, there's a penalty for getting married because if you combine assets, suddenly you have too much money. So there's a lot of disabled people who cannot get married and then they don't get the tax benefits of being married. Also, they just don't get to be married, right? Which is stupid and and annoying. Well, there is a bipartisan push now, a new uh, law and I had it written down HB 58. The it's called okay, so I don't remember the HB whatever. I can't find it in this article that I'm trying to skim in real time right now, but it's called the SSI Savings Penalty Elimination Act. <laughs> That's what it's called, which basically says that this cap is going to be raised to $10,000 a month and $20,000 for a couple. Basically, a making it so that you could have a part-time job or some kind of gig economy thing as well as your disability which is only fair if you're able to do it and also less of a deterrent for marriage so people could actually get married and combine their disability assets and then be and okay. gives you protection benefits when, exactly. when someone dies or is sick etc yeah exactly and all of those things so yeah i know that there's a fair number of people in the lgbt community who are on disability and i also know that again disenfranchised communities have to support other disenfranchised communities right. so this is an important thing and fingers crossed that it you know it has bipartisan support right now so hopefully it'll move forward. We know the and... way Congress works. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it, it's a good news that it's actually there, you know, yeah, trying. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Biden, for sure. So that's a little bit of good news. All right. So I have a little bit of good news. So Governor Gavin Newsom of California said that he would sign a landmark climate bill that passed the state's legislature last week, requiring major companies to publicly disclose their greenhouse gas emissions, a move with national and global repercussions. The new law will require about 5,000 companies to report the amount of greenhouse gas pollution that is directly emitted by their operations and also the amount of indirect emissions like employee travel, waste disposal, and supply chain. So this could be a big help if these companies have to formally report this stuff and make it known this could make a difference. Yeah, for sure. You know, people bitch about California, but I love Gavin Newsom. I, I do too. Say. I love him. And I took my zipper down for him at one oh point, but that's a whole story that maybe we'll cover on another podcast. Well, Kalia knows a story. That's why she's cringing, an embar- <laughs> cringing in embarrassment right now. But we will share that story on an upcoming episode. Not tonight, though. Just let it be said that my zipper came down for Gavin Newsom. Wow. Uh... These are the points where Kalia goes, we should have fucking rehearsed this, Chris, because you're embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my brain is scrambled. How do I transition away? How do teach I transition me a new away? word, Kalia? Teach okay. me a new word. I will teach you a new word. Chris, do you know what hot boarding means? Oh my God. How do you keep getting me with this stuff? Hot boarding. Is it? It's not sexual. Be, it's not. Is it surfing? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, is it something to do with massage? No. <laughs> is it something to do with hairy? Hot construction workers in the summer sun on the roof when I can never mind. Let's no. not go further. Okay, then what what is it? What is it? Hot boarding is a new 
policy that airplanes airlines are doing where they turn off the airplane during the boarding process to a you know save fuel so you're basically boarding a plane but here's the thing it gets obviously very warm in the plane with all the people coming in and they've had the engines on to like move the plane into position and then they have to like turn it off and the air's all stale okay hot boarding they are allowed to let the cabin temperature get to 90 degrees before they have to turn air on 90 degrees okay so now i remember i rented hot boarding one hot boarding two <laughs> hot boarding three and i ironically there was no hot boarding four they went right to hot boarding six i don't know where four and five went but it was one two three five and six and okay. i will have to say two was the best like most sequels are the best indeed but anyways that is hey, a wait new let thing. me book some air travel right now who which <laughs> airlines are doing this Several, several airlines. Several airlines are doing this. <laughs> Let me book right now for several airlines to go to probably a hot climate like Hawaii or Puerto Rico or something. Oh, you know what's funny is there is actually is a movie called Hot Boarding House. Well, I told you I rented it in the 80s, 87. <laughs> no, I can this even is tell you what happened that. Well, let me not tell you what happened. This is 1970 Hot Boarding House. <laughs> is it a porno? Um, I don't. No, if it's but done by Vivid, I can tell you right now. All of the, the the top cast, none of them have pictures with their names. So well, duh. I'm guessing so. It doesn't have a plot information on IMDb. IMDb is failing me right now, but it mm. exists. But I could have sworn I rented that video. Anyways, yep, hotboarding. That's your new. And what's the purpose of this hotboarding? They say it's to conserve fuel. So they don't have to run the fuel so they can run the air conditioning and all the other stuff. They can just get people online to be miserable and sweat before they turn everything on. Right, right. And again, that was the basis of the movie I rented. I One, two, three, five, and six. All of them. It's the same plot, just different yeah, actors. Yeah, just different well, at the thing. number six, the plane crashed, which wasn't really a good thing, but. I see. I see. You know, when you have to eat your friends, it goes a whole different direction. Oh, well, speaking of your friends, I finally started watching Yellow Jackets. But... I just finished it. Okay. <laughs> so there we are on the opposite ends of the thing. I thought you watched it already. No, I hadn't watched it. Oh, you I... said you wouldn't watch it because it scared you. It, yeah, I mean, it looked it looked scary. And, well, and primarily also it was on Showtime and I don't have Showtime. But now that Showtime and Paramount are like the same thing, I was like, okay. oh, we actually have access to this. So I guess Where are maybe you? I'll, I, I just, I'm like halfway through the second episode. Oh, and that's I'm not, nothing. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, like, keep watching it. It's worth it. It's a yeah. really, really good show. There is some, uh, and I will say, after watching all of season one and season two, I still don't have any answers about certain things. And I won't spoil anything, but it pisses me off that I don't have any answers. Well, it's um, been renewed for a third season. Yeah, I know but, that. but the writer's strike. Writer's strike, who knows? But yeah, it has been renewed. For it's worth it. Season. It's definitely worth it. It's very well written. I think my problem is that when all there's all these shots of them in the forest and people are wearing masks and antlers and whatever it is like my visually it is confusing and dark it is there's it's just dark not like emotionally dark it's a little emotionally dark but like physically the right. lighting is dark in this and it's hard for me and i was watching it during the day i had to watch it during the day so i wouldn't be scared so then like the glare on the tv and i was like i can't tell what the hell is happening on the show and everybody oh, so looks the same and there's like there's like the past and then there's the present but there's yeah. the same characters but obviously they're different actresses and you know in a in a in in, in a, usually in the pilot they sit you down at some point and they like tell you everybody's name and they did that she like there was it was a conceit this is actually a brilliant conceit and at one point in the pilot 
pilot. There's kind of like this little bit of a fight happening um, with the soccer team. And so the, like the captain lines up the main characters on the team and says like, so-and-so I'm going to say something positive about you and so-and-so and like she goes down the list saying all their names super helpful except that they were in the dark next to a bonfire and I still couldn't see that <laughs> I was like oh start it and they're gonna change clothes before the next well, let me tell you the first couple of episodes yes it takes place I think mostly in the woods and it's there's that whole part you're talking about where they're wearing the headdresses and stuff that still isn't explained by the end of season two so that's what kind of irritates me and that's all I'll say but it does make me hope that the sapphic mafia never gets on an airplane and travels somewhere because <laughs> i can just see you guys doing the sequel to this and it, it, this one doesn't end good so don't do it no 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 no. but no. it is really good and it, it does go back and forth from the past to the future i recommend it yeah well if we ever do go to vegas to play in one of the league you know tournaments we'll just make sure we take commercial not flying private i think that private oh, it jets was the is flying what... private i see Yep, yep, yep. Well, and this if is... you can fly to Vegas, you're not going over any snowy mountains where if you crash, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, nope, just desert. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, you got yeah. me. Okay, well, that's about all I have, Chris. Do you have anything else of pressing interest that you want to share with the group I, before I we go? I don't, but we'll have lots of stuff on upcoming episodes, so. We do. We have an episode coming up. Our very next episode in the feed will actually be released on a Sunday, which is a little bit different for us. But it is an, an interview that we did with Allison Murphy, whose daughter, Chloe, was, was a trans youth here in Fresno who committed suicide 13 years ago. And so we gave up the whole the whole episode is just Allison telling Chloe's story. So that'll hit your feeds on Sunday. But then back in our regular scheduled feed next Friday, look for an episode where we talk with Santa Clara law professor Nicholas Serafin about parental rights in terms of how that affects book bans and outing trans kids at schools. And he has a lot of interesting things to say about uh, communism and how it's connected and empathy and and the, the hierarchical patriarchal system of, of all of this, you know, long-term, long-con kind of plans, right? The Republican Party, cough, cough, you know. Ferris, Michael Ferris. And on that episode as well, on the 29th, we will have a report on the 20th, uh, September 20th meeting of the Clovis School Board, where we went to discuss uh, the outing of transgender students. So stay tuned right. for that. And if you attended that meeting and you have thoughts, opinions, or your your own feedback on it, of course, you're, we are happy to hear from you. You can email us about that or any other topic that we cover here on the show at It's a Queer Thing, T-H-A-N-G at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Threads, technically. And the day after this show airs, what will be happening, Kalia? <laughs> kickball season the first starts. game of kickball <laughs> tiana was just raising her head and she just crashed back down by doing two <laughs> more shots exactly exactly so a lot of cool stuff happening here in fresno in the next coming weeks so stay tuned for all of that again thank you so much for listening oh can i say one more thing i suppose so on upcoming episodes we are interested in highlighting lgbtq plus friendly businesses not necessarily just LGBTQ-owned businesses, but friendly businesses. We want to do that for the next couple of months. We've already got two or three lined up. So if you are an LGBTQ plus friendly business, please email us at itsaqueerthang, T-H-A-N-G, at gmail.com. And let us know who you are and what you do. And we will set up an interview with you and promote your business. For sure. Okay, so there we go, Chris. That's it. 
That's it. One, okay. One last time. Kickball, happy ready? Pride. Oh. What? <laughs> I was going to say kickball, but yes, oh. happy Pride. That works. Happy Pride. Happy kickball. Happy Pride. Happy kickball. See you next time, guys. Are you in a closet? <laughs> oh, Kalia, that's the wrong question. For I just, I was going to ask if it was a, a bathroom because it's very echoey, but I thought, no, that's that's tacky. Maybe it's a closet. Maybe it's like a walk-in, but no, it looks too empty for that. I'm sorry. I'm no, judging your background. It's just my home office. You're Eventually, very... I'm going to have like stuff back here, but... Nick, you're gay. You should have stuff back there. I mean, <laughs> you should have like prints and paper and not wallpaper. I feel like having take that back. stuff in the back is definitely part of gay culture. For sure. Yeah, gay. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Big college football sports fan, Ohio State. Go, Ohio. Go, yep. OH. You're, no, I say OH. You say OH. Ohio? No, you have to say IO. Oh, sorry. I don't know. OH. I ho. I ho. I ho, not oh. I ho. <laughs>